Hello, this is Nick Oswald welcoming you to this Life Science Marketing Society webinar. The Life Science Marketing Society aims to bring you experiential wisdom, advice and insight from fellow marketers across the life sciences industry and beyond. Today's presentation is titled Unlocking AI Power for Life Sciences, a Simple Marketing Guide to Mastering AI. And it is being presented by Declan Dunn, who describes himself as a growth developer, a practical idealist and an entrepreneur infusing partnerships with Gen AI content and communities at his consultancy Done Simply. Declan has been a pioneering insider in online education, corporate performance enhancement and growth marketing. This unusual skill set allows him to bring people together in business settings, enhance their relationships and empower them to monetize those relationships. As always, we'll have a Q&A session after the presentation, so please type any questions that you have into the questions box which appears on the side of your screen, and I will put them to Declan at the end. So now over to you, Declan, for the presentation. All right. Well, good morning to those of you in the US. Good afternoon in the UK. I'm going to be sharing with you in the next 45 minutes or so, unlocking AI co-pilot power to life sciences. And I'll explain what I mean by co-pilot as we get into it. Before we begin, I'm going to be going through a lot of material. And I want you to take notes, but I understand we're obviously recording this so you can review it later. Do note the resource page down there. That's going to have the complete deck, so you'll be able to get it after to take a review. I include all the sources, pretty much everyone that I refer to, plus others I recommend. And I have a bonus marketing seminar I just did at Affiliate Summit in January. That's yours. No email, anything required. So with that, let's go into beyond the hype of AI. We're taking off into a new world. And what excites me most about this is this reminds me so much of my early days when the internet began. And I was gathering with all these kind of people and everyone said, oh, it's all hype. The technology is going to ruin us and destroy us. Well, now that we're taking off into AI, what input and help could help you be a good co-pilot with AI? And what this means is Microsoft uses this metaphor of a co-pilot as an example. You put in an article, it explains it, it could summarize it, it could rewrite it. And what this is, is a tool to work with you, but I think part of what we're gonna go through as marketers and as people creating content is that people love to fall in love with the technology, but they forget something. It's not about the technology, it's the people and the customer that you reach. So what we're gonna to cover today is three steps, what I call the workflow that I use and develop with people to be able to create growth. And what I mean by growth is I want more people seeing you on social. I wanna be able to obviously create better revenue, more, more sales. I do a lot of organic traffic, less paid. So a lot of what you're seeing is how can we get this rolling so that we can leverage social, create our content, and actually unify it. So step one is about ideate how to unlock AI by asking the right questions. And I can't stress enough, asking the right questions is what matters. And having a dialogue, not just typing in something, having it, cutting and pasting it, and having this supposed blender spew out content, that is so not what you wanna do. And even more importantly, it's not what anyone wants you to do, including Google search, who does not penalize AI but does penalize lazy AI, like any lazy content. Step two, we're gonna create an edit in your brand voice. Taking the best ideas, taking what you create, and in the workflow, 
making it your own. And I'm going to share a really cool angle that I do that I don't think anyone shared before, though there are a lot of people using AI, so I don't say that overwhelmingly, but it is how to get your customer at the center rather than you as the business. Because to me, and my approach is based always on the customer and less on bragging about me and spewing elevator pitches endlessly, which is what most marketers are stuck in. Step three, distribute and validate. As much as you want to check your sources, the validation happens when you put it out to the audience and they react, they engage, they share, they come to your site, they buy your products or services, or if you're doing business biz dev, you're reaching out. Now, for those of you who want to connect with me, please feel free. My email is Declan at DeclanDunn.com. I also give my LinkedIn only to share with you that I hope we have a lot of questions. Please type them because even if we can't answer them in this webinar, I'd be happy to follow up with you. In fact, if you go to the resource page that I shared, I even have a way you can set up a calendar with me. Why? Because I want to hear what you think about AI. What's hype? What's wrong? What's missing? I'm not looking for you to say, oh, this is great. I love to learn because to me, this is not only happening, but it allows you to do what to me is the core of my business since 1995. And yes, I'm old, but this is so rejuvenating because like I say, if you don't love your audience, someone else will. And that's what our content creates, bonds with that customer, less trying to use persuasion and all sorts of like I jokingly say, marketing Jedi tricks to hypnotize them. When you actually allow people to open up to your content and get real and get your voice, that's what's missing. And a lot of people are using AI the wrong way to create a voice that's sort of bad. And it all begins with your mindset. So let's play a little AI mindset game. There's two questions here. What I want you to do is look at the screen and answer them and work with me here because in the next five minutes, I want to sort of walk you through what I feel is the greatest problem because you cannot go in and use a tool driven by fear. And so the first question I have for you, when you go to chat GPT or any AI, Bard from Google, why is it giving me the wrong answer? So on the left, is it lying or hallucinating? And an answer actually I received from many life scientists, the word lying. Or on the right, is there not enough data in early AI? Think about that. Which one? Lying or hallucinating? Not enough data or AI. And I always will give you my answer. You might have your own. But to me, it's always not enough data and early AI. Why? Because this is the biggest problem people have with AI. They do what we call anthropomorphism. They try to make it human. It's a liar. It's going to destroy us. It's Terminator. Huh. As Jaron Lanier, who's a brilliant early pioneer of virtual reality since back in the day, said, there are ways of controlling the new technology, but first you have to stop mythologizing it. The most pragmatic position is to think of AI as a tool, not a creature. This is so key. It's not some magic blender that spews out stuff. It's not this like mysterious thing you've seen in the movies. And this ability to try to turn it into a thing blocks you from doing what you should do. It's a tool. You don't make your hammer a person, do you? <laughs> Why do we make I? It's just a hammer, especially now. All right. Second question, AI is dangerous and will take my job. On the left, maybe though it will create new jobs. And on the right, yes, and we need to slow it down. In fact, that's Jeff Hinton, who in 2019 predicted that radiologists would be eliminated by now because AI would replace them. So which one? My answer, 
Maybe, though, it'll create new jobs. Heck, even Elon Musk pro promised us driverless cars by this time, and they're not even close. We're, this AI is incredible, but it's in its infancy. It's going to take time. It has to learn. It has to train. It's like a three to five-year-old now. It's really sharp, but it doesn't know everything, and it doesn't have human experience. And without the human element, you're not going to get it. And that's where the mindset sets in. If you're driven by fear, even at a really subconscious level, this is deep stuff. When we were out as primitives getting hunted, we were really scared of something that might take us over. That's what we're projecting onto AI left, right, and center. So AI fear stops many from seeing how to save 30 to 40% in time and money. That number I get not just from myself, but from numerous examples I've met. Because in February of 2023, I attended the Gen AI conference run by Jasper. You're going to see a lot of examples from Jasper, which is one of the most famous marketing tools. I love it. It's not the only one. And I have other resources for you on my page to use. So please, as I use this, this is not a pitch for Jasper, but it is a tool I love. And there are ones like WriteSonic and Copy.ai that are awesome and a little cheaper. But the question was, why are so many people scared of AI? Only 18% were more excited than concerned. 82% were either equally excited and concerned or more concerned. And the whole audience basically thought they're going to be replaced. They're like, this is going to, especially programmers and techs, who obviously have a big challenge with this. What I'm saying is we're driven by fear. And when you're driven by fear, you cannot create something. The creative mind starts with an inspiration. It starts with the human being using this tool as a co-pilot working with it. So I want to show you how to be a good co-pilot with AI, not expect AI to just type in words and give you answers, and then you don't have to do anything. That's the myth. That's the hype. So what can AI do for you? Before we jump into it, I want you to do a self-reflection. You don't have to do it right now, but let me walk you through. How can AI help today? So start asking yourself right now, before you jump into all these tools and poke around and waste time and get lost, what do you enjoy doing and what are you good at? When do you feel the most productive and what holds you back from improving? What are the gaps that can be filled possibly? Now, for me as a writer, I love to write. I write copy. I create sites. I write educational sites. I've taught 75 million kids drawn by an entire community that gives me content. I love that. But what holds me back? The blank page, getting started. Oh, I hate just staring at that. And you call it writer's block and you procrastinate and go to YouTube or whatever your thing is. It's nuts. You don't want to get into that mode. So what is, identify what you need. Then number two, define your marketing skill sets. Is it digital marketing skills? Are those what you're good at or is that what's lacking? SEO, PPC, email, social media, blah, blah, blah. Knowledge of marketing tools and platforms. And let me tell you, every single one of these is integrating AI. So you definitely at least want to keep there if you're doing paid ads or doing search. Data analysis skills and communication and presentation skills. Which one of these are your weak spots and which ones aren't? That's what you want AI to help you with. Not just to improve what you're doing, but maybe fill those gaps. And finally, rate yourself. One to 10. Be honest and objective, which is pretty much impossible as human beings. So ask somebody else for feedback. I do this with five or 10 people to find my own gaps. This is not only a great tool, but with AI, if you're not using it to augment, to be a co-pilot, to help you save that time and money and improve yourself, it's going to be very challenging in the next five years because jobs will be eliminated, in my opinion, 
by people who knee-jerk and say, this is all hype, I'm not doing it. Get out of the way. Get feedback, all right? Because we're talking about the AI dance. This is actually an image I created in mid-journey. I have clueless as a graphic designer, a gap it fills. And this gets me lots of notice on social media. And the other thing is, it's a blast to type in words and come up with something I couldn't imagine. And if you're a graphic designer, you're going to do even better. This is the only technical part, and we're about to get into the workflow, but I need to stress, you are talking about large language models. That's what BART is. That's what OpenAI is. That's what Meta has its own. You're going to see tons of these, and all they are these massive data sets that understand, summarize, generate, and predict new content. But it's based on what's been done. So as marketers who are notorious of being copycats, you want to be aware that a lot of the stuff is going to be copycat and the lazy marketers, and there's many of them out there, will just use this to spam, throw out bad content, and they will get penalized. Google does not penalize AI content. Google penalizes bad, lazy AI content that just sends it in, copies and pastes, and doesn't even edit it, okay? And if you look at this graph, which you may not be able to see, but in the last, since 2021, the greatest rise in large language models has been coming up. And this is what's just massive. And what's going to happen is some models will do some things well, others will do others well. I have no answer for you other than to watch the models. And right now, everybody's using ChatGPT and OpenAI. It's by far the best model so far, in my opinion. Bard and Google is coming up. So the last thing I'll show you is how does this actually work? So you know, first, that what's so important is, and this is shared by at Nick Floats, and I have his link on Twitter. It's great. He explains this as breakdown, understand, generate. The ingredients are what you tell AI to do. So in his case, imagine a poodle in the park. This is what we do with uh, mid-journey. So it has poodle and park. Those are called tokens. You don't need to know this, but just understand. It's what it puts it together. Then it puts them and says, oh, this is what a poodle is. This is what a park is. That's the flavor. And then it generates the dish. So you put in the ingredients, it creates and cooks the dish, a poodle in a park. Now, obviously you said, hey, imagine a pink poodle in Yellowstone Park, that would be more specific. Or a pink poodle with a mohawk in Fenway Park, which is a baseball stadium in the US, would give you something even more specific. The more details, the better answers you get. If you get generic like a poodle in the park, it's just gonna make up what it has. It's not lying, it's trying to figure out what you want. So. Let's stop, step into IDA, unlock AI power by asking the right questions and follow-ups. You're in a dialogue with AI. When you ask a question, you're not, this is not like search where you ask a question and the magic thing comes up. This is a dialogue. So you're brainstorming with AI for new ideas and approaches. I'm gonna show you how to do it. And AI coaching, how to let AI prompt you for what's missing in your ideas, marketing and content and even in your career. And finally, AI personas. Ask AI to act like a patient, doctor review, scientist in the field, or a customer. Think about that. Instead of all these things like these power authority figures, what if you actually asked it to be your customer, enter your profile, and get answers from it? That's how, as a co-pilot, you can allow it to do what it does and give you the answers rather than treating this as search. So the key is the question. The key is asking the right question. Ask understanding questions. What works best? What has not worked? AI is built on what others have done. And since marketing is always about copycats, 
It's easy to sound like everyone else. And above all, focus on the customer, listen to them, and use AI to set you apart, not to just copy. Because a lot of the first answers, and I'm going to show you an example, are just basically what others have done as its best guess. Because if you ask a very general question, you get a lousy answer. You start answering details, you're going to get deeper. It's all in the questions. So personas, this is the key element, what's called an AI prompt. And for those of you who know AI, pardon me, because some of this will be the simplistic end, but trust me, we're going to go deeper in a good way. I want this to apply if you're just beginning or if you're proficient. Personas. When you ask a question, who do you want to answer it? Don't just ask AI as some general genius. That's crazy. Be specific. Customers, peers, experts, advisors, copywriters. Acting as a professional copywriter, write me an email that's going to reach my audience. Getting specific. What do you want this person, again, acting as in your question, this person to do? Create a headline, perform an analysis, interview you, give you feedback. What is the specific action? And how do you want the answers delivered? Outline, list, PDF, interviews, action plans. You see what I'm saying? This is all about giving it a context to do it and then following up because rare is the time you're going to get a great answer right up front because as a co-pilot, your job is to explore with it to be able to get the answers you need. So brainstorming with AI, basic prompts, the idea formula, who, what content, and what is it about? Acting as a marketing director, that's the persona, create several ideas for this content type, report, blog post, LinkedIn post. So obviously you put what it is you want to create about what is the subject matter. For example, I might be talking about AI in the future, covering, and then put key elements like how is AI going to apply to marketing? How is AI going to apply to productivity? Being specific, this is just basically the prompt. This is what all prompt engineering is called, but what really is, is about asking a great question. And as AI, I use Jasper's question here, also give them a style guide, the tone, the voice. What do you want them to do? Write at a fifth grade level. Use clean and simple language. Bias towards short sentences. Yay. Avoid jargon. By telling this, you'll get a better answer. You won't have to sit there and go, wait, that's lousy. That's lousy. You haven't told them. What do you want it to sound like? What do you want it to feel like? How is it going to deliver the language and the topic you need? Here's a couple of more examples, and then I'm going to share with you a specific example I did to walk you through the process and how to hopefully not only improve it, but be able to tell how it's going to give you lousy marketing advice. And I do this because I don't want you to make mistakes. You've got to apply your intelligence. If there's no human input, there's no great output. So general copywriting. Use persuasive tone, rhetorical questions, and storytelling to engage readers. Use metaphors, analogies, and other literary devices to make points relatable and memorable. Your topic. That's called a prompt. In between those parentheses is really how you're actually able to tell it what you want to do. Conversational. You could say, hey, acting as a marketing director, AI, write in a conversational, personable way as if you are explaining something to a friend. Use natural language and phrases to focus and then ask your question. See what you're doing? How do you want it to talk to you? What sort of sound, tone, all the writers in the audience sort of get this? It's really important to do this in your prompt because then you're going to get content that just doesn't sound. If you just ask the question, it's going to sound whoever it wants and wait till I show you what it does. 
All right, let's do a case study. My goal, and I'm in the affiliate marketing business since the early days because I create partnerships, not just an affiliate for paid, but content partners, sharing traffic, social media. I love to do partnerships rather than paid. I'm an organic person. I like to create organic traffic that loves me forever. That's my goal is to create love. I'm not kidding when I say you got to love your audience. I want them to love what we do, share it with people, and earn their trust. That's how I scale businesses. So number one, persona. Let's go to the formula for the prompt. Persona, what to do, output delivery. Acting as an affiliate manager for an SEO tool company. Very, very specific. What to do. Write a three-paragraph email to a busy SEO expert in a friendly and professional voice. Tone of voice. Now, see, I'm being a little general here, so watch my answer. Output delivery, email and a follow-up meeting so both sides see if it's a fit. Now, email is actually the output, but I like to associate a goal because if I tell AI just to send me an email, it won't know what I want. My want is to get a meeting. And I know that this is what's so important in the partnership space. I need to be able to do that. So let's get a meeting. Well, this is what it came out. And it was horrible. The first sentence, like, Exclusive in invitation to a unique partnership. Notice the very long polysyllabic phrases. As a writer, I know you don't want to use really deep words. It just includes it up. And an email, by the way, they only see the first two sentences of your email in the preview pane. You have nothing else but your subject line, those first two sentences. Well, what is going to happen if the first sentence you see when scanning your email, because everyone says no one uses email. I love that. They keep saying it. And yes, we do. I did all of this through code email, 5x revenue, 5x profits for this company, all through code email with no contacts. And what's AI saying? I hope this message finds you well. I am reaching out to you today because I deeply admire your expertise in the field of search engine optimization. <laughs> Go to sleep, right? Now I'm being really brutal here, okay? But I know that that's the absolute thing most people use and it's the worst thing to do and actually google will spam filter but i hope you're well hope you're doing well so i went into uh, microsoft word and i do readability check now that readability check just google readability tool and you can copy and paste your words into it basically this is 21 words per sentence 10 paragraphs written at a 12th grade us level which is like early college okay you don't want to write at that level. You want it a lot simpler. So I went back to it and I did a follow-up question. I made the mistake of not being specific enough. Rewrite this to be half the length. Use bullets to outline key elements and avoid polysyllabic words and sales sounding language. Needs to be more genuine, personal, and approachable. Tone of voice. What does it want to sound like? And less of the verbose language. And I talked about inject curiosity language. And if you look at our resources, that free training I'm giving you is all about using curiosity, not persuasion, not trying to sell them, pitch them like everyone's done, but making them curious to reach out and request for me, what I call three seconds to three hours, three seconds of attention to encourage exploring. And so it brought this out and I did a bit of a rewrite with it and we created this email, but it said, I hope you're doing well. I'm your affiliate manager at your company. And this is what I'm saying. Everyone starts their emails with this, hello, my name is, hope you're doing great. This is from research for years. It drove me crazy. I was wondering if I wasn't doing well because everyone said, I hope I'm doing well. And what's funny is when people hear the same thing over and over again as a marketer, they shut it off. That's why you don't want to be a copycat in this world. 
All you have to do is put a little bit of that human mindset, intelligence, advantage, work that first sentence and subject line. Frankly, AI can do a lot beyond that, but you want to make sure you really make that rock an email. So I said, do not use that. Hope you're doing well or anything like it. And I said, rewrite in a casual and conversational tone. You'll see in any of these AI tools, they give you various tones that you can be able to set these things up with. Okay. This was our final email, invitation private pass. And as you, I'm not going to read this all about you, but it's much simpler. It's really the point. I rewrote it. This is how I write an email, by the way, like a text message. And please review my training. It really, really helps. And when I did my readability, now I have 12 words per sentence, one sentence per paragraph in the email. Do not put thick words in there. Oh my gosh, especially in a mobile world. And it's written at a sixth grade level, much simpler. So the takeaway is keep it simple. But what I did with the follow-up was allowed it to bring me this. So now I'm not in the blank page. I've saved time. Now I can go in and be able to edit. And this is just one of the ways I'm sharing on Professor Alexander Young, great example, but not a friend of his, just uh, really enjoy what he shares. He's really brilliant. He says to use, ask ChatGPT to play part of a customer, have a conversation. So his example is, you are a sales rep, ChatGPT. I will be your manager and will conduct a performance review. You have struggled to hit your sales numbers. You're worried about performance. Do not write all the con conversation at once, write in short sentences, simple language, and give me a response or get a personal coach. You can actually, if you're writing a marketing or content strategy, have it coach you through it. Even better, act like the customer, put in your ideal customer profile, really get specific. He writes an example, I want you to act as a life coach. In my example, I want you to act as a customer. I'll provide some details about my current situation and goals, and it'll be your job to come up with strategies that can help me make better decisions and reach those objectives. Do you see how specific this is? This is what makes brilliant prompts. Asking a good question and not just saying, hey, I need help, was a generic answer. Now, he goes on. This could involve offering advice on topics, such as creating plans, dealing with emotions. Be specific. This is what you can do. This is the power of AI. You need to be a co-pilot. And notice we're having a dialogue. It's not, hey, I'm asking you a question. Give me the answer. That's not a dialogue. That's a cry for help. So what I do with AI personas is look at a book called Intuition Pumps and Other Tools for Thinking. It's called Steel Man. Think of the perspective of the person they're reaching. Stop thinking about your business and how to throw everything at them to hope they might understand you. Write down your points of agreement. Mention what you've learned. I do this with ChatGPT to say, what is your customer's point of view? What, what do they like? What do they dislike? I throw my idea out there and have it give me feedback. It's incredible as a way to do it, especially the better you know your customer. And if you don't, use it to help you know your customer. So here's a, a prompt plugged in called AIPRM. Now, some of you might not want to create your prompts. You can use the buyer persona legend here. So I click on that, a chat GPT. You notice my little Jasper plugin, by the way, all these AI tools have plugins. So you can actually be able to go and Google an email. You can go to a website. You can go to LinkedIn. All these tools integrate with it and they can help you simplify get your post better and help you improve. But what I did was just use the buyer persona legend and said my business sells digital AI marketing training services. My customers are in the US, UK, Canada, and Asia. So its goal within this is to give me the old school psychographics, which to me, I really don't like this. Again, that's just opinion, but 
I mean, just making up like, oh, well, my customer is ambitious, detail-oriented. What's their hobbies? Reading marketing blogs, hiking. You're making it up. Okay. But part of it is when I actually used Daniel as a digital marketing manager and married with two children, I went to mid-journey. And this is what Daniel looked like. See the bias? Do you see the bias? This is what AI has. And it's not a bad thing. It's what we've all created. So we all think Daniel's a white dude with a beard. And that's fine. But what's funny is if you use these generic, fake, old school, 20th century from where I'm from approaches, you're going to get generic answers. You're going to get garbage. And you know who you end up reaching? Oh, my goodness, these people. Or maybe somebody else. If you don't know who you're looking for, you won't find them. And they'll look at you like, what are you doing here? All right. Lack of details leads to a generic response. So simple prompt, bad results. No persona. You need to ask about what you're, you need to get specific and you get what you ask for. AI will just make it up. And that's what people call it lying or hallucinating. It's just a tool. The, the bad answer comes from a bad question. There are no bad prompts, excuse me, no bad AI answers, just bad prompts, bad questions. So last one I'll show you, Jasper actually has templates. This is called the hero's journey. Very common, Joseph Campbell, right? I do this for my customer. Take them through the 12 stages. This is what I do in the beginning. What is the concept I want to relate in my marketing, by the way? Not talking about writing a book, but I am talking about making them understand where I'm coming from. Where does this concept, topic, or idea apply? Why does this matter? Who is it for? When? How? How will this happen? How will I get them to my site? How will it matter to them? What I'm doing is taking that sort of fake, generic, made-up customer profile and enriching it. I want to see her. I want to get it sensory. I want to make this a connection because social is very personal. That's how I reach most of my people. So you'll have a bunch of questions here. I'm not going to go through them all. You can review the deck, but introduce where she's from. Give details. Who is she? What is she capable of? What are the flaws that bring her to help, need help from me? What are her outlooks? What does she stand for or against? What does she desire? This template allows me to build an ideal customer template that is actually deep in the heart of my customer. So takeaways, good questions, bring good responses. Set the tone. AI needs to know what you want the response to sound like. Be clear. Details. Also in the follow-up, if you don't like it, and expect to ask three or four follow-ups. You're, you wouldn't hire an employee and say, blah, 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 and then have them spit an answer and say, oh, that's great, or that stinks. You need to help it. You're a co-pilot. And ideas are where time is saved by far. The first of my workflow is to get ideas, create the content, and then bring it into step two of the workflow to be a good co-pilot. So set the tunes, watch for cues. On the left is the real person. On the right is what I'm saying, AI. Language style, very based on content and asking questions. By the way, journalism training helps. Asking what a good journalist would ask. Journalists know how to ask who, what, where, when, why questions. That's what we're talking about. So step two in the workflow, how to take the best ideas and advice to create unique content and campaigns. Now that we've created our email, our report, our blog posts, whatever it might be, now we need to take it into the editing process. So we save time. So we edit so the content is clean, clear, and accurate. We develop images to go with the content. This is my process. We apply the brand voice and then the customer voice. Everyone does the brand voice. It's very simple. 
but everyone's ignoring that you could actually create a customer voice. And there's other big companies doing this. It's so powerful. Let me show you how. Number one, edit. Never take Gen AI, con Gen AI content as it is and share. What you're basically doing is denying the value of AI. Just taking it and copy and pasting it, nobody's going to read it. It's going to be sort of average because you're not really, you're, you're doing this like it's some magic trick. It's not. And frankly, these large language models need some time to learn and grow and all this experience will make it better. But you still got to put yourself into it. Obviously, check all sources. Do not trust it to be accurate. Scientists in this audience know it. Of all the people in life sciences, I know the biggest thing was it's not accurate. It's lying. It's hallucinating. No, it just hasn't been able to apply the scientific method yet. And there are companies doing it. But seriously, that's going to take time. You need a human voice as a co-pilot. That's what you bring. It's just copying what everybody else has done in marketing. And search engines, again, will only spot bad AI. So one of my uh, advice is to always think about copyrights. And the rule in the U.S. is called fair use, that it has to be more than 50% original. And by the way, if you're an agency selling services to big clients and you just do it through AI, argumentatively, we don't know yet, but you don't own the copyright. Anything you just create, if you don't edit it, put yourself into it, you don't own the copyright and you can't give it to a client. And most of your contracts say they will assume the copyright of what your content's created. So make it at least fair use. And I'm not a lawyer. This is not legal advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it original because you know what? The goal is not to get it to do it all for you, but to do about half the job. That's where you save time and money. That's where you become a powerhouse. And that's where it's just made my ability to write so much better because now I have a friend who, by the way, doesn't judge me, doesn't look at me, doesn't get angry when I ask a quote unquote dumb question. It doesn't think it's dumb. Sometimes I think their answers are dumb, but then it's always back to me. Why isn't my question smarter? AI isn't dumb. You're not asking the question clear enough or following up. Work on that. You'll really see the improvement. And sometimes I run in for like um, search tools. I do a lot of search for my organic traffic. I can put my content in. Again, this is in Jasper, but you can do this in a number of tools. Surfer AI is an SEO tool. And on the left, you'll see it gives me all the sort of keywords, positionings. It tells me what I'm writing, which are my headers, my images, all the SEO geek stuff I love. It allows me, and of course here, this article is rating a 12 out of 100. So you want to get it up. It helps you work on the SEO element. And there's other tools. I just know Surfer is integrated with Jasper, or you can use this standalone. So key content editing questions. This is what you need to think about as a marketer. Does the headline and first sentence instantly connect and make people curious to explore? Does the image stand out and grab them? You notice most of these images I generated from AI previously, I would have done clip art. It'd be lousy, fake people. But now I'm able to actually create stuff that's engaging and people notice my content. This has been a huge help. That was one of my skill gaps. Remember I said, identify your gap. Does it get their attention? Because they pay, this is actually from behavioral economics, a man named Daniel Kahneman, K-A-H-N-E-M-N-E-M-A-N, Daniel Kahneman, and Dan Aurelio, predictably irrational. What they talk about is behavioral economics, what people do. I don't even want to be brilliant or think I'm all genius. That has nothing to do with it. I want to find out the genius of my customer, steel man it, take their position, and move them from three seconds of attention. Because when I get that, I can get them to three hours of participation. This is a formula that works so well, and it's really important. Now, what we'll also do with our content once we create it, 
This is Quillbot, Q-U-I-L-L-B-O-T. Remember, my resources page will be on the last screen, has all the sources that I refer here. This actually helps improve content so it doesn't read like so AI because some of it's sort of stiff and it repeats verbs and some of it's not great. Uh, people use Grammarly. Grammarly is included with Jasper. People in, use Quillbot quite a bit or simply edit it, again, to make it not just something you typed in and cut and paste. Very, very important. So consider, can the customer see what you're sharing as it painted in the mind? This is writing 101, marketing 101. Move yourself to the next level because everybody else is just going to be copycatting, which is what they do. But now AI is copycatting the copycats. That's what it's bringing in. Will this content give them the best experience? And will they share it with a friend? I love it because it helps me create ideas. But when I put the human element into it, that's where it saves me so much time. And I just go through it and are able to create it. Because if they don't share it with a friend, if it doesn't matter, it doesn't get anywhere. And social is the name of the game. Finally, let's go into developing images and videos. This is obviously an image I created in MidJourney. This is a mid-journey prompt guide. I'm going to go through sort of quickly. And apologies, I know there's text, but remember, you can read this after. The deck is yours. You want to give me an email? Ask me a question. You want to ask a question now? I'll answer in just a few minutes. If you want to be able to participate, I'm sharing with you how to make amazing marketing and be so ahead of the game. Share the idea of concept of the image in specific language. Describe it in different vivid detail. Sensory, what does it feel, taste, sound like? Point of view, perspective, is the person looking at me? Are they looking into the horizon? Be specific. And by the way, graphic designers and photographers are great at this. So I copy and paste many of their prompts to create my own because I don't understand that stuff. But I do know when I see a beautiful image and there's a site on Medium up here that Midjourney runs that gives you all this advice, all for free, by the way. You can even use Midjourney for free or I pay for it. But really, as I say with any AI tools, Try them out first. Pay, start monthly. Don't pay for a year unless you're really going to use it. Like I do with Jasper, that just works for me. A lot of people think it's too expensive. Be specific. Add tone, mood, emotions, atmosphere. This is like immerse yourself. Photographic lighting effects. I get this totally from other people's prompts. Outline the quality. Enter descriptions. Always put commas between ideas. Don't write paragraphs or put in line breaks. That makes it boss. Commas, commas, commas. Okay? This is Midjourney's prompt guide. It gives you quality, style. These are all just built in. Once you go through, you don't have to study this. I literally, this is like 10 minutes. It's just not rocket science. Use it. And here's the options you can send. And here's one of their prompts. Capture a portrait photography of a 20-year-old young woman sitting in a cozy coffee shop. Portrait setting, if you see at the top, that's an option this person set. That 16.9 is that wide view that you see on stuff. I learned this by looking up on Medium. The quality, the Q means quality too. Version is the version of mid-journey. Honestly, I cut and paste this stuff. I don't go too crazy with it. And you can also at the bottom set the option, in this case, Sony Aperture ISO 400. Personally, I don't even know what it means, but I try it out because if I like the image, it's good. All right? So sample prompts. This one you see, photorealistic woman inventor with eyes looking directly to viewer, professional tech innovator with blue eyes and red hair. I got hundreds of views because this was my image around an AI article and it really, really made things work well. I have other ones in there. You can take a look at them. The images I've used of the shaman, I share that one. That one at the beginning with the, when I began into creating images, I include that one with all these like, I don't even know what an anamorphic lens is, but I do know that it created cool content 
and I copied and pasted. That's the beauty of, man, now I can create visuals like that. That's like crazy powerful. That's part of my workflow. Now, I'm going to show you, we're not able to play the audio, but this is actually Flicky, F-L-I-K-I.ai. It creates video, so I type in a URL or copy and paste text, and I'm not, you're not going to be able to hear it because of this recording. But what it does is the future of our world is all electric. It will be decentralized. This is all done. Images, text. They brought the text. Flicky creates the video and gives you 50 or so audio voices to choose from. I have a friend who runs a major agency is only using Flicky for hers instead of voice talent. It's incredible. You need to do short videos for Instagram, for TikTok. Oh my gosh. Now you will have to edit the videos a little bit, but look at this. All done. All done from typing in a text prompt. Are you kidding me? Now you can actually do video. It's bringing in the imagery. And yeah, you might have to work a little bit on it, but wow. Now you're like times 10 in power. So brand voice. One of the very common things you'll see is use your brand voice. And this is, you can see the trick. I'll show it to you now. At Jasper, you enter the URL, the text, you copy and paste it. It gets to know the sound, the tone, your brand. So when my people come in, they have an article they've created. They put it in the brand voice. Boom. Now it's adapted to our brand voice. In fact, cool thing, Jasper has 16,000 affiliates. They're so advanced that they enter the URL in of the affiliates automatically, and their marketing copy is then adapted to the tone of voice of each individual affiliate by pressing a button. Whoa. Now, I don't have to do it at that level, but I might have four or five partners I work with. I can take my marketing copy for my affiliates, my partners who promote my product, and have them in their voice with my copy. Your brand voice is what you develop. And if you don't have to ask for anything, copy and paste your brand's copy, blog posts, ads, social. And the prompt is analyze the following text for style and tone of voice. Use the style and tone of voice applied to all future responses. And then you copy and paste the writing. There's other ways to say for it. Look it up. There's tons of people. This is how you get it to write like you. Now, what most people do is grab their competitor stuff that they like and make that their brand voice. Watch that copycatting because you know what? I don't mind you starting with that, but unless you put yourself in there, you're just going to copycat someone else's brand and you're going to be mediocre, generic. Remember, it's you, the human. You're the co-pilot. You're not letting it do all the work. If you are, it's not going to be very helpful for you, okay? So get beyond the brand echo chamber too. A lot of times we just talk, and we, I swear, in the affiliate space, partnerships, it's like, Elevator pitch to elevator pitch. People just are blah, blah, blah. I'm throwing out this bullet and this bullet. I'm hoping one of these bullets, be quiet. Create an ideal customer profile. Ask AI to give you feedback as your customer. What idea stinks? What idea makes sense? What's the problem that my customer's having? What's the solution? Have it do an interview. Have the customer interview you as the marketer. Hugely powerful. That's what I call the customer voice profile. Do the same thing you do with the brand profile. But you could take content. I'm going to show you examples of somebody doing this at a macro level. You take that content and instead of your brand content, copy and paste customer and audience content from websites, especially social media. What are the popular posts? What are the voices? You're going to be able to get this voice that's unbelievable that is better than a brand voice because it's the voice of your customer. Last I heard, brands without customers are dead. It's not about you, it's about them. Steel manning, as I said earlier, take their perspective. 
Use your ideal customer profile. Use AI to help you create it. Not like that generic example where like Bill is ambitious and likes to hike. That's you're making it up. How about going out to real people, spending a couple of weeks doing this? Have Gen AI as your coach. Make your customer coaching. What I'll do is I'll put the copy that's created in step one in my workflow. I will put that copy into my brand profile and then into my customer voice profile. Often I'll use the content from the customer voice. And the more I develop that, all of a sudden my brand becomes my customer voice. Whoa. This is so simple. You know why? Because my customers are humans and my brand is just a brand. All right? So takeaways. Edit your content to make it original. Always check sources. Develop graphic images. Take your Gen AI draft from step one and paste it into your brand voice. Use that result. Coordinate your team. Social media, email. Get that voice so it's consistent. Now you don't have to have people like wondering if they're just going rogue. Have them write something, put it in, and work with them. This doesn't happen overnight, but so powerful. You're creating systems. And use the customer profile. My idea. I think it's better. But remember, instead of a brand bias, because we're biased, AI gets biased because it's based on what we share. Get your customer's bias into it. Whoa. Customer bias rules. All right. Now, the final part, you can take a deep breath. I know I've thrown a lot at you. It's okay. Go back to the sources I share. Review the deck. Review the recording. I only got 50 minutes or so, and we take no questions, so we're going to finish up here. Well, how do you distribute it? Now I have all this time, rather than spending it on the idea and creating in the blank page, I can explore the new. What can I share that they haven't seen before? Making it a trailer, not a movie like Flicky. Making those little one-minute videos, short snippets. Situations, not scripts. Instead of like talking at them, create situations that they can feel. Elicit questions and dump the elevator pitch. Dump the elevator pitch. My advice, stop using persuasion. It's what I learned and everybody who's using it has copied it and they're so used to being hard sold. Make them curious. Get them to open up. Put your content out there and see how the audience responds. That's where you keep improving your customer profile. What did they like? And there are AI tools that can help you do this, but it's still early days. And your question, how will you measure success? Engagement, traffic to your website, conversions and sales? Tie it into a metric and go into 90-day periods. Live in 90-day periods, okay? Give yourself 90 days to be able to test out a whole campaign. Don't just do it in a week or a month. It needs time. And each time, review it, what's worked, what hasn't. Improve your brand profile. Improve your customer voice profile. Because in this step, the audience validates your content. I'm assuming in step two, you've checked your sources. But if they don't like it, it's not valid. So you need to go back to AI and say, hey, they didn't like this. What would be better? Give you an example. There was a window tinting company in the U.S. Window tinting is where they make the windows darker so you can't see it in, like with celebrities and politicians and things. And frankly, in the U.S. drug dealers. This U.S. company went to Gen AI. I learned this at the Jasper conference and said, what are the problems facing it? They were, sales were going down. And AI said, stopping UV rays from affecting children. They used that and sales boomed and something they wouldn't have thought of and would have had to hire a consultant for. But they didn't give up. They did, their idea didn't validate. People weren't buying and they never thought of that simple thing, which opened the market to moms and families and dads, children, way beyond just famous people and people who don't want to be seen. Okay. So finally, let me show you how AI is happening now. 
This is actually Google's AI search powered by BARD. You enter in hiking backpacks for kids, it gives you a summary. This is real challenging. Search is changing. We don't know what to, but you're answering questions. You better be able to ask relevant, give relevant answers and put that at the top. Don't just fill in your story. Now you see some sponsored ads in the middle and then good at good content. How does it get ranked? Nobody knows, but this is the face of search. It's again, just like AI, a dialogue. Clavio. This is AI email. It actually targets personalized message based on behavior. So if you're a long-time lifetime value customer, you get the exclusive offer email. If you're a low lifetime, I don't know you, you get that other email, all automated, all automated. What's even better, this is the most boring part of the presentation, but it has suspicious emails. It actually showed me the bots that were filling out our form and that were giving me fake people that had what seemed like legitimate Yahoo and Gmail addresses. This AI is the only email I know, a little expensive too, so I'm not pushing the Clavio, but I couldn't believe it. Nobody else, they were letting me deliver these emails. Nobody else was saying, check these out. And they were like 90% right. It stopped all of those bad bots because there's bots everywhere, your website visitors, and they're filling in forms and acting like real people and they don't open, which stops your email from being delivered. See the sources I share. That two hour webinar I'm sharing with you goes deep into this, all right? Upsell it. This is crazy. You go to a cart. I met them after Affiliate Summit. I can't give you all the details, but you go to a cart and you leave, right? Most people send some dumb email. Hey, I saw, here's a coupon. This one actually does more. It gives you popular pairings. It uses retargeting. I can't go into the depth of it, but it also uses retargeting to connect to the person's friends and be able to show related products depending on the level. All personalized, all done in a service that's actually affordable on a monthly level. This one's called Collective Eye. Collective Eye was run by the people who founded LinkShare, which is now Rakuten and sold it. This thing is a sales tool and it starts at $40 a month. So when I do sales, a lot of times they make me enter in the people to my CRM. This automates it so that my salespeople don't have to do data entry. It gives you intelligent forecasts based not just on the behaviors your audience shows, but market trends. It's a neural network that's been developed since about 2013, I believe. Check it out, Collective Eye. Really powerful. They have an amazing podcast series for free too, which is how they promote their business to higher level customers as well as regular small businesses. Finally, Shine, one of the biggest growing companies that actually creates a thousand products a day by pulling in data from the web, pulling in social data, creating products. Their competitors do 300 a week. But one of the things it does that I warned you about with AI is it copycats. This woman found that they took her design and copied it. Now, maybe she's right, maybe she's wrong. I'm not accusing them, but think about it. Your problem with AI is it's copycat and they copy it because they knew this item was selling and they were able to create their own in like that. That's a bad use of AI in one sense, but their whole product line spots customer trends, fills them within days. You don't have to be shy to do this, all right? So as we begin your descent and open up for questions, now it's time for you to co-pilot with AI. Let's get started. As they said at the writer's strike, your advantages, ChatGPT doesn't have childhood trauma. It doesn't have your emotional complex. It doesn't have emotions. That's what you bring to the game. The humanity, the participation, the people. That's what it's about. It's just a tool, all right? AI is built on human content. It's up to you to make it shine and help do what you do better. I'm telling you, like the day is long, that's what it's about. Forget the hype. Forget that it's going to destroy us and eat us and be a little Willy Wonka, which is an old movie, 
but this guy would create stuff, very old movie, very funny. Just remember, we are the music makers. We are the dreamers of dreams, wandering by lone sea breakers and sitting by desolate streams. World losers and world forsakers upon whom the pale moon gleams, yet we are the movers and shakers here forever, so it seems. I love that. You feel the emotion in that? That's what AI can't do. So I'm done with my presentation. Appreciate you taking it all in. Here's my contact info, the resource page. I'm not asking you for an email. I'd love to hear from you. In fact, let's get to some questions and I'll stop sharing now. Wow, De Declan, it's going to take me days to recover from this. <laughs> I'm so alive. So much content. I'm going to have to watch this about five times with an ice pack on my head. There's so much value in there. But thank you. So we have some questions. If anyone else has questions, um, just pop them into the questions box there and we can ask Declan. Or you can email him, as he said, afterwards or, or get him on LinkedIn. Um, so where do we start here? Okay, so I guess this is a huge topic, right? It's almost, it's almost a new mindset, Declan. It's yeah. like... I take what I, you know, I would say if my skill set was, top of my skill set was copywriting. Even that part of it for me is now 3D because there's so many tools you can use. So where do you start? How, how do we start here? I mean, how do people dip their toes in and make some traction? Pick something specific like that email example I gave you. Mm -hmm. And I'm really good in email. So some of the depth you saw is me applying my experience to it. But have it create something for you. Have it create a social message. Work with that. And what's great with social is that you're able to test to see if anyone even gets it. And so create a social message, create an image. That's what I'm doing and seeing which images resonate and stuff. So you can start finding, finding out, because Nick, it's a great question. How do you work with AI? That's why I try to identify like your style. How do you work with it? And be able to really get good. Start looking at the prompts people use. And there's just... Last thing I want you to do is buy an AI training course. Like some of them go, we'll give you 17,000 prompts. I mean, you think I'm melting your mind. Like, I mean, what does that mean? But even you know, like using something, you'll start saying, okay, and figure out like some of the strategies that I've shown that others show. These are very common. So I'm not trying to act like right now that's the early days, but use it to develop a dialogue, create something first and get a feel, especially as a copywriter. How can you improve the words? How can you actually use some of this style and Nick, here's the thing that if you're really into writing or something that I've actually discovered, once you start doing these prompts for a while, I've actually, some of the people I mentor, I start having them instead of AI answering the prompts, I have them answer it because all of a sudden I'm giving them all this detailed stuff that a real writer does and they never think about. So sometimes I step away from my AI and become AI and answer the prompts myself. Because what it is, is a really detailed way to do writing, which I think is yeah. brilliant because it's like, when I looked at this, I said, oh my gosh. And you can get all these examples. And I was like, wow, I wish I could have showed people that because it's a great way to do writing. So that's what I would do. Yeah. And so, I mean, that that's, you're talking about using chat GPT for that, are you? Because I, th I think that people could be quite, you know, there's, there's the, all this list of tools that you can use. And I, I think people could be easily pathed by just diving into the tools. Would you recommend yeah. that or stay with Ch ChatGPT and figure out where you want to go and then figure out which tools augment that experience? Interesting. Find out, I mean, because some people can, I, I would definitely recommend right now, 
as we speak. ChatGPT is, I think, the best model. Remember, I said there's all these models. It's just mind blowing. Bard and ChatGPT, though Bard is Bard is all done by tech. ChatGPT actually does what they call human review. What that means is actually people will look at the answers. That's why you see it a little bit more friendly. Not that it's perfect. Start yep. with ChatGPT for free. I would definitely try Jasper or write Sonic, W-R-I-T-E-S-O-N-I-C.com. They have, uh, Jasper does a seven-day trial. You can go on the resource page. Um, they have tons of templates, and I find that very helpful because otherwise the problem with ChatGPT is sort of like you're on a blank screen. You're alone. Yeah. And, and Write Sonic is really awesome and a little cheaper too. I'm sorry, I don't want to sound like I'm proselytizing, but I love Jasper. But that aside, a lot of people, once they get good at Jasper, will stop paying for it and just do it on ChatGPT once they've learned. So that's, that's the approach. Uh, okay. That's an interesting angle. Okay. Um, about copyright, should we be worried about copyright issues um, from AI-generated content? You mentioned the 50-50, uh, you know, the uh, you know, it must be 51% original. So what about what about maybe images then? How does that come in? <laughs> the answer is I don't think anyone knows. Know. Okay. You know, it's really weird because like if the bigger companies that they're the problem, what happened was OpenAI was a nonprofit. So basically yeah. did what's called scraping and scraped the entire internet. And there's a few people suing it, um, some news organizations. And the text part, if it, like Yelp, they found that AI was giving literally the Yelp answer. Okay, like that was the for travel. Hey, I want to go to Lisbon, Portugal and do this. So that was an easy one. The image one is really weird because if it turns, you have no way of knowing. And I don't know how to edit the image. Right. I mean, I can improve it, but there's no way of telling if that's just a copyrighted image. So I don't think mostly right now the liability and again, not a lawyer, but it seems to be coming from the models that are giving you this. You're simply asking for it. So with text, I always rewrite with the images. I just go for it. Um, I don't try to ask for celebrity images. I don't try to use famous people. Um, I, I'm careful with that because that's their personal image and that you know naturally might be copyrighted. I wouldn't use sure. a brand. So some of the simple things, but good thing to keep out, but I think it's a lot less likely they'll come after you because the problem is the model that gave that to you. Interesting that the, uh, you know, that whole idea of being sued for answering the question based on someone else's data, because Google have been doing that for years in their search, in the snippets. <laughs> right? It's, it's an intriguing question. And nobody, like, and it's weird, because, but the weird thing is I found that was really profound is if you're an agency and you're engaged to create advertising and content for other companies, yep. you're actually selling them a copyright. And that's where it gets dicey. Exactly. Because, yeah, that's where you're legal. And um, just really quick story from the Gen AI conference. There's this mental health site online that helps people with depression and things, just light stuff, not like a psychologist. So people will come on and ask questions. But the problem is the human beings couldn't answer them fast enough. It was too hard. So this site put ChatGPT AI into their flow because a lot of with, with specific subjects they could cover, like you know, basic stuff with depression. I don't mean diagnosing you, but like if you're just sad or little advices, sleep better, drink water, very generic stuff. But the answers were very quick. Users loved this. It was quick. It was responsive. It helped them. But when the company came out and said, hey, everybody, we've been using AI. Surprise. They went, <laughs> ah! 
they like were offended that a technology was speaking to them. So they literally had to pull it down and now the user has a worse experience. <clears throat> so do you reveal you're using AI as an agency? How do you reveal it? You have to be very careful. I mean, I think my friends in the agencies are really looking at this because it's crazy not to use it. But also, you have to be sure that you're giving them something unique, that you're not just, right, you're not just going to chat GPT and sell them an expensive solution. So that's why I think yeah. it's very profound to look at that um, in any of your content development. Yeah. Okay. So when you, so you had the part where you wrote about the, you know, the key content editing questions after you get the first version back of your copy from the the email example you gave, right? Yeah. And you look at the headline and the first sentence. Um, so, you know, you're looking at that to see, does it pop? Does it does it do what you want? So that that's just the same as copywriting has always been. Yeah. Always. So and that's really where it gets really, I'm um, sorry, that's really where I think is the weakest link. Because honestly, the rest of the stuff is actually pretty easy. Like once you get people past that barrier, that's 101. But that's where, like, when I'm editing, I really want to make sure. Because the rest of it, not that it's easy, but if you get them there, it'll flow. So be sure it's just basics of, of copywriting. So when you when you get to that stage, are you editing it manually or are you using further prompts to do that? I personally do it manually because I yeah. want to do the 51%. And plus, I am a writer. Again, I identify my skill set. There's no way. But what's great is like, it gives me, like I do this to outline articles, outline blog posts, find problems. A lot of times in that ideation, I can just roll with it and I'm past the blank page. So for me, and I like my own people I work with, I like them to edit it, even if they're just going into Quillbot, um, Q-U-I-L-L-B-O-T.ai. Again, go to the resources page. All of these are linked. Um, Grammarly some tool like that, you can certainly go through there and you just sort of want to vary it up too, because like I said, it will repeat certain verbs. I've seen it repeat the same verb, like in in six sentences, three of them had the same verb to explain it. It gets a little lazy there. So even just that basic cleanup, um, I will say a lot of my people who do pro content for SEO will run it through Quillbot and they do all SEO placement of pages, organic traffic as a living for many years. That helps make it less generic. So even if it's just running it through Quillbot to make sure you're, or or similar tool, Grammarly, et cetera, to make sure that you're taking what AI generated and making it a little bit more yourself, your own answer. Yeah, I guess that. I guess that's fine if you're, uh, or a bit more challenging if you're, you wouldn't put writing as your main skill set. So is is that the only way? Do you think, or oh, a Quill, Quillbot well, is it, the answer if you if and um, if. Writing is not your main skill set, yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Well, also, you know, and, and getting better at prompts because the real thing is I'm asking the tone and the voice. So I do know people who are not writers will get really good at like asking prompts. Like I had one buddy who wrote a book. He got twenty seven thousand words out of it, out of it, but he knows how to write the prompts, make it emotive. You know, just works with it to make it more personalized and and just knowing those because once you get those prompts down, then you can sort of make it a machine, a system. So people who don't write will use that. Then I'll take the 27,000 words and actually he might hire an editor or get somebody to run it through Quillbot. But that's very much like a virtual assistant. They're not necessarily writers, but he's also able to generate really better quality content out of it than most people with his prompts. So the other hand, if you're not a writer, really work on the prompts, look what other people use. And it's really getting that emotion, that tone, that personal 
survive that better, more vibrant language. And there's ways to do that with prompts. So that is possible to go back to the prompts and do that. But again, after that, I take it through the editing in Quillbot or some other tool. There's AI plagiarism tools as well that'll make sure that it's not sure. quote unquote plagiarizing. Right. And one last question then. So the, the idea of creating content and then editing it at the end and you know using these tools to make sure it's not 50-50, I guess that, to make sure it's at least 50-50, um, I guess that doesn't apply if your input is content that you've created yourself, say a transcript or something like that. Then, no. then no. what the AI creates is, is all you've got to do is make sure that it's edited, that it makes sense in the way that you want it. You know, it's done whatever you wanted with it. Yeah. Well, that's what that's what's great with the brand voice, because when you get the brand voice, you can have a team create content and then throw it in the brand voice to make sure that it's consistent with your tone, your style. And it does take a little time to develop your, your brand voice, obviously. But once you do that, it's a really powerful way for the team. That's actually why. And I know that's a little out of the box, but I love the customer profile because I do the same thing as I would for a brand profile is just copy and pasting various things so that I get a voice. Because in the end, if that brand voice becomes your voice and it's unique, and, and that just means working a little bit, then your team can just take those articles, create them in AI, put them into brand voice. That's going to totally put that voice, tone, all these things I'm talking about. That becomes systematized in the brand voice profile, which is why Jasper offers it. And pretty much anyone in AI prompts, the very first thing they do is like, use it for your voice, though I will caution I swear at least half the people copy and paste their competitor stuff and make it their voice. Yeah. Work it a little harder because it's just going to be average and it's lazy because you can't just be that person. Though what's cool is it'll give you their tone and the things you like, but make sure you work it a little bit to, to own it, to make it your own. I guess that was happening before AI and that just amplifies it, which is the case with, with a lot of this stuff. <laughs> Welcome to marketers, right? That's where... <laughs> We always destroy stuff because we're just like, oh, just throw it and let this thing. And, and what's funny is that's the advantage. That's yep. what I do because all you need to do is just be a little bit different. And that's actually why I really encourage people to look at that seminar I'm sharing with them for real. It's like I'm not even asking for your email or anything. I give you two hours of how to use curiosity instead of persuasion, instead of at, talking at them, ask them yep. questions that opens them up and I close deals with companies like Lululemon, Etsy, oh my gosh, major companies who would never respond by simply finding out, thinking about them first and writing it that way. So I can get into major corporations. It, it freaked me out that how easy it was to do and it only took me six months to figure it out, by the way. So <laughs> it wasn't easy, but it's just thinking like the other person rather than thinking just as you and thinking you're trying to impress people and throwing out all these things, hoping one sticks. To me, that's the old way that I learned. And it's the way I've unlearned the past year. That's just my recommendation to use curiosity. You can look it up. And I actually use that as a prompt because uh, AI understands, ChatGPT understands using a curiosity approach and not a persuasion approach, which sure. are two very clear things. So in marketing, those formulas are recognized. That's why marketing is actually the first big mover because marketing is very predictable. In a good yep. way. So yep. that's why it's probably one of the best advantages. My God, Jasper's value is a billion dollars, whether that's real or not. Oh my gosh. But again, Bright Sonic is awesome. Copy.ai is also awesome. They're certainly not the only game in town. Cool. All right, Declan, thank you so much for 
an absolutely fascinating presentation and I think this will be a go-to for a while, at least until this all becomes out of date and you can come and give us the next installment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, in a month. No. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't move that quickly. And then remember, this stuff's not that brilliant. And, and, and just let it happen because in two or three years, though, if you've learned this, because that's really where I think it's going to get even better, but it's going to get better because you know how to talk with it, just like you do a good member yep. of your team or an employee. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. And you can access all of this stuff uh, that you were talking about there at DeclanDunn.com forward slash AI power. Yeah. Yep. No password, no email, Excellent. all open for you. And um, if you want to share it with someone, just reach out to me and seriously, feel free to email. I even have a way to set up a talk because I'm really learning from my audience for real. No pitch. And like you said, we're still going and we're still learning. So uh, I hope this has been helpful, Nick, and the whole Life Science Marketing Society and all you scientists out there. Thank you. I really appreciate it because I know you're the most critical audience and that's why I listen to you because we need critiques. We do. We got to crit critique this stuff like crazy. So we do it well. All right, guys. Thank you, Declan. Thanks, everyone else, for uh, the audience, for taking the time to attend and listen in. If you enjoyed the webinar, please check out our upcoming and on-demand webinars from fellow life science marketers at lifesciencemarketingsociety.org. And don't forget to tell your colleagues about the Life Science Marketing Society. So until next time, good, work, good luck in your work and goodbye from all of us at the Life Science Marketing Society.